Good morning, guys. Um, this clip uh, from, is from the movie Believe Me. Now, to give you a little bit about uh, myself and uh, a little bit of my taste with it when it comes to movies, I typically don't like um, movies made by Christian filmmakers or that for the sole purpose of like sending it out to churches. It's just never been, I sometimes can feel like it can be a little cheese ball. If you remember the last sermon that I preached in here, I talked about the, uh, the t-shirts that I used to wear in high school that were very like overt Christian that had the like, instead of the iPod, it was I pray or Jesus died for my space in heaven. You know, those kind of things that are like really cheesy. And I sometimes find that to be the case with a lot of Christian movies. Um, it's, just, it's just not a thing that I, I very much enjoy. This, this clip is from a movie called Believe Me. And it's made by some Christian filmmakers. And what's brilliant about this movie is it is a satire on Christian culture. So this movie is, is uh, it, it's these guys that are in this clip um, are con men. They, um, they, they were students in a school and uh, their scholarship ran out. They weren't going to be able to finish their semester. They walk into a church and they see a missionary raising money uh, for her mission trip to uh, some, somewhere on the continent of Africa. And uh, they, they see that she raised a lot of money. And they're like, maybe we can get into this and raise money for, to finish school. Um, so they create this bogus charity um, called, uh, I think it's called Get Wells Soon. And uh, they start, they start um, this charity and it starts picking up steam at their campus. Um, there's a, a guy that's uh, putting on a tour um, that you saw here, played by the guy who plays Shooter McGavin. Uh, and, he, and he's wanting to take them on, on tour to start preaching. Now these guys are not Christians. They've, uh, they don't know really anything about Christianity. So then they have to learn how do we look, feel, and act like Christians. And the movie, I couldn't recommend it enough. It's, it's, uh, it's a great look at uh, what people that may not be inside the Christian bubble, so to speak, can think of Christianity or maybe some of our mannerisms and the way they do things. And the thing is, these con men, they totally fool um, the, the uh, guys that are wanting to go on tour in the scene, primarily because there's a fundamental misunderstanding of Christianity, but really, especially so, the idea of ministry. So I want to talk about this concept of ministry. Um, I think a lot of times, and especially uh, with, uh, with this church being a church plant, is that some, we have uh, some people that may be new to Christianity or new to this idea, and they hear these words um, you know, like ministry or uh, preaching or preachers and um, you know, uh, evangelists and all these terms that we use, and, uh, and they may not know what it means. So I want to kind of dive in deep to this, because I think a lot of times we have, uh, there can be negative connotations to the word ministry. And what I mean by that is you know, a lot of people, when they hear the word ministry or ministers, sometimes they think of the, the TV preachers that are, uh, that are trying to raise money, um, and, or they might be thinking of, uh, of you know, people trying to uh, give you miracle spring water. You know, those kind of things. Uh, they, may, they may think of, um, you know, the, what this picture represents, this very traditional um, liturgy uh, with, you know, with like a whole system, bureaucratic system of governance for the church, you know, all this kind of high and mighty. And they think that in order to be a minister that, you know, you need to go to seminary for years and years and um, get, you know, qualified by some lofty organization before you can ever start ministry. And I think that while some aspects of all of those things can be good, I think that there's a fundamental misunderstanding of what it is and how it affects all of us and how all of us are, in a way, ministers. So I want to dive in deep to this word, and let's talk about it. So the word uh, ministry, whenever it's used in the, uh, in the New Testament, it's using this word uh, diakonos. 
Uh, and so you see this a lot when, um, when Jesus is uh, talking to his disciples. And he, like there's a, there's a verse where he says, um, you know, um, my, my servants, they'll be, they'll be with me where I am. When he says in uh, John 15, when he's praying. Um, or these, that idea of servants, um, it's ministry, ministers. Um, you hear it a lot in, in Paul's, uh, Paul's epistles where he talks about uh, being in ministry. As you see this word kind of throughout the New Testament, it's used about 30, 30 plus times, um, diakonos. And this word in the Greek uh, comes down to uh, three kind of, they, they can kind of be interchangeable. But the idea is uh, one who executes the commands of another so one is working in service of another that does what the, the, usually the, the master or, um, you know, whatever they command. It could be the servant of a king, um, typically kings back in ancient Israel and during that time even with uh, the Roman Empire. There are always servants that were kind of at the beck and call of not just the king but of the guests. Um, and then we also see probably my favorite is uh, the idea of a waiter or a server. Um, that you know that maybe that might be their occupation. Um, this is what they do, and I, I really like this idea of it because when you think about what makes a good server, um, you know, it's they are catering to your needs and trying to help you uh, in the in the best way. So I want to talk about um, a little bit of my background. I grew up in a very um, I, my parents were pastors. My uh, my background was pretty charismatic. Uh, I came from the, the Church of God denomination. And so there was a lot of this like shouting preaching that was happening. Uh, my dad is a shouting preacher. Um, and I remember whenever people used to tell me as a pastor's kid, you're going to follow in your parents' footsteps and you're going to be this shouting preacher that's going to bring the glory of God, you know, and with the foot stomp and the heavy breathing in between the sentences and really talking this up. And that was my idea of ministry. You know, I thought that ministry was like you had to go and get, uh, go to a seminary and go through all these preaching classes and public speaking and be able to learn the rhythm with the music to be able to, to preach and when to breathe and like all these extra things that I didn't really get down to the fundamental idea of what it is. And really, the idea of ministry is servanthood. Ministers are above all else servants. And I want us to dig into this because I believe that this room is full of ministers. Now, when you first become a Christian, when you first start following Jesus, uh, you go through uh, these phases. And I, I want to talk about these phases. Oh, wait, where did... Oh, there's my... Okay, sorry, technical difficulties. So um, I want to talk about some of these phases. And the first phase that you kind of go through is this period where you need to study and you need to learn. Right, so once we become a Christian, we want to dive in deep to why we believe what we believe. And there's this uh, imagery I want to use um, that's, that's essentially uh, stop fishing. Um, I, I love to fish. It's been a, uh, it, it's something that I've done my entire life. Um, my, my brother and I, we'd go fishing a lot, especially last year. Um, we would, well, we loved to fish and, um, and it's definitely like a hobby and a thing that, uh, that we love to do. And the reason why I bring this up is I want to tell the story of when Jesus recruits um, Simon and Andrew. So Jesus has just started his ministry, and he's going around looking for um, his disciples. And he comes across Simon and Andrew, their two brothers, 
and they are, um, they're fishing. It's their career. It's what they, uh, it's what they were essentially born and raised to do. Um, it was their entire livelihood. And Jesus comes up to them, and I'm going to read this story. As Jesus was walking beside the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon called Peter and his brother Andrew. They were casting a net into the lake, for they were fishermen. Come, follow me, Jesus said, and I will send you out to fish for people. At once they left their nets and followed him. We're going to stick on that sentence here in a moment. Going on from there, he saw two other brothers, James, the son of Zebedee, and his brother John. They were in a boat with their father Zebedee, preparing their nets. Jesus called them, and immediately they left the boat and their father, and they followed him. So I think this, for a lot of people, this kind of resembles that that initial conversion experience, right? When you first start following Jesus, it's like you, you start to maybe like leave whatever you were kind of doing to, to focus this. It radically changes every part of your life. And I want us to focus in on that idea of, of that, the last sentence that says, that once they left their nets and they followed him. Now these guys, they had their careers. They had their livelihood. And, and in order to really focus on your walk with Jesus and what you feel like God wants you to do, um, you need to take some time to set aside your career goals, your uh, hobbies, your interests. And I'm not talking about forever, right? I'm talking about just like a dedicated time that maybe that the focus, uh, maybe not be on all these other things, but be focused on Jesus. That idea that he calls you and you follow him. Immediately dropping your nets and following and refocusing your life on that one thing, and that's learning about Jesus and getting to know him and growing in that relationship with him. And that's how it starts. That's how we get started in, in ministry. Um, one of the things I like to compare it to is kind of like an internship. Um, and this is like with discipleship. You know, when, when Jesus calls us, we have to go through that phase of learning until we're able to really be able to speak on God's behalf and be able to minister to people. And so I think of it like an intern. Uh, in the music business, you see a lot of this when people want to become producers, when they want to become mixing engineers, uh, they move to Nashville or they move to LA or they move to New York, all these places to get into the music industry. And a lot of times they, they go to school for it and do all this stuff, but then they just go and become an unpaid intern. And they are sweeping the floors, and they are cleaning the bathrooms, they're doing the coffee runs, um, they're setting up and tearing down the mics. But little by little, they are learning the process of what it means to be a producer and what it means to be an engineer. That this is like their internship. This is their this is the focus. They've maybe set all their other kind of career goals on the side for a second and just focused on this one thing. A lot of times they're not even getting paid for it, um, but it's worth it because in the end. They'll go to these state-of-the-art producers, and then they learn little by little until one day they can have their own studio and have uh, all these things, and then their own interns one day. And this is kind of the process of what we go through as Christians. We get involved in a, uh, we get involved in a church. We get involved in the community. Um, we're learning about God. We're listening to some different podcasts and things that, um, or reading some books and kind of growing in our knowledge. Um, and maybe we're, we don't need to speak everything out just yet because we're just kind of taking it all in. And this is kind of that first phase. And it's, it's really hard to get to this place, right? It's really hard to let go of things that are going on in our lives, whether our, um, our career goals or our hobbies or our interests, um, and setting aside our nets, so to speak. Um, a friend of mine was, was, uh, had, a, had a dating app 
and they, she was, she was kind of blown away by the amount of guys that she kept seeing that loved to pose with fish. And I, so I've put up some examples of this, um, and it's this, it's this weird trend that, and I will be completely honest, I have been guilty of posting up pictures of myself on Facebook, uh, of me fishing and holding fish. I love to pose with my fish, and I just, I think some of these are just absolutely hilarious. These guys love fishing. These guys absolutely love it, and it's something that I'm sure it's kind of hard for them to let go of, right? If Jesus were to come up to them and say, drop your nets, drop your fishing rods, and come follow me, I think they'd be like, no, I'm too busy literally kissing this fish right over here in the corner. I'm, you know, and you look at some of these, I just think they're so funny that it seems like guys, for whatever reason, love to just pose with fish, and it's just a thing to show that they're ad adventurous and this is their hobby. Anyway, I just thought it was hilarious and I just wanted to share that with you. And I think that Jesus, when he, when he shows up on the scene and he asks us to, to follow him, sometimes it can be hard to let go of those things. But it's so worth it if you do. It's so worth it if you put aside the fish. It's so worth it if you, if you set your nets down and immediately start following him. Um, one of the things uh, for myself was um, growing up, I love playing music. Um, as many of you just saw, I, I love to play music. I love to sing. I love to write songs. It's something that I'm very passionate about doing. Um, it's something that uh, I feel like, you know, it was something that I was born to do in a sense. And, and there was a time in my life where I was, um, I was working at a, uh, a call center for a cable company, and I worked in the billing department, and I was the guy that people would call to complain about their cable bills going up, and uh, that was probably the worst job I ever had, because you just listen to people just constantly complaining, just all day. I remember they told us, they're like, guys, we have an amazing gift to give you. Um, you guys have been working so hard, you've been meeting your sales goals, so here's this amazing gift, and they hand all of us stress balls, and that's when I knew that this maybe wasn't the job for me. And uh, because this, this, whole, this whole job was just so goofy, and I, while I was there taking the calls, I remember thinking, I just wanna be writing and playing music and doing this, and this whole idea of ministry and going and, and, and playing music for people, and, um, and I got the opportunity to do so. Um, I remember on my last day at the call center, I had a lady that, was, that um, was very upset about her cable bill and she was yelling at me. And, and it was my last day, I'd put in my two weeks and, and on my last day I was like, you know what? I, and I told her on the phone, I was like, you know what? I don't have to do this anymore. You have a great day, ma'am. And I hung up the phone and that's how I left the call center. And it was, it was beautiful. One of the greatest moments of my life. But, but, this, but I, the reason why I left was because I got an opportunity to travel and to play music. And I played music with a gospel group, um, Eddie James Ministries, and I got to travel the country and get to play and do the things that, and got to lead worship and do all of this stuff. And I was like, yes, this is ministry. Finally, I have achieved my goal. And finally, we, I've gotten away from the call center and, the, and the, the jobs and just able to do this full time. It's what I've always wanted to do. Thank you, Jesus. You're amazing. All this stuff. And then I had a moment while I was on the road, doing this for about six months, and there's a moment where Eddie, um, the, the creator of, of uh, uh, the ministry, the, the artist, he, uh, he said in a microphone, he was preaching at a church, and he said, I want everybody to pray um, for your friends that aren't Christians. 
And I remember thinking in that moment, I was like, oh man, I don't know anybody right now that, or close friends with anybody that's not a Christian. And then I started thinking, what is ministry? What am I doing? Am I just going and just playing music at churches and then, you know, making some people feel good and then leaving? What, what, is, what is my purpose here in doing this? And, and I realized that maybe there's a lot more for me personally. Uh, this isn't the case for everybody, but maybe there's a lot more ministry that might have been happening at the call center. Oh, no. And, and here I was doing this and doing this full time. And I, I had this mindset that, that maybe what I was doing with my music and all that was ministry, when in fact, ministry went so much deeper than that. And so I decided to, to come home um, from that experience. It was an amazing experience. I love Eddie James Ministries, and, and I still keep tabs on him. I still talk to him from time to time. But I knew that God was kind of doing something else for me. And, um, and so when I, uh, when, I got to, when I moved back to Louisville, I started looking for job opportunities and you know, what I could maybe do for an income. Um, and I got hired on at a coffee shop, and, um, and I, started, I started realizing that in that coffee shop experience, um, in my job, I started having conversations with people that were really intense and really God-given conversations, um, things that I was really excited about. And I started realizing maybe ministry is going a lot deeper than maybe what I've always thought that it was about. And so going back to those phases, right, that first phase of kind of just dropping your nets, um, and learning, learning about Jesus, learning who he is, what he's about. And then that, that second phase is start thinking about the God-given gifts and talents that are inside of you um, and how you can use those to minister to people. Um, and what I mean by ministry is, is sharing the gospel with people, sharing the, the life of Jesus Christ and sharing what he did, sharing your testimony, you know, saying, I used to deal with this, this, and this. And then when Jesus, when I started following Jesus, I saw, you know, my, my family uh, get uh, repaired. I saw um, my, I, maybe I was physically healed or these other things, sharing that testimony. And then start thinking about your, the gifts and talents that are inside of you that you can use to share with other people. Um, you know, whenever I talked about myself um, playing guitar, maybe, maybe it's, it's something else, right? So whenever I moved back and I, I decided to put uh, my career, quote unquote, first and go headfirst into the coffee thing, um, I started realizing that there were ministry opportunities there and opportunities to talk to people and talk to people about coffee. But then as you get to know somebody, you get to learn a little bit more when they come in. Like, hey, how, it starts off, hey, how was your day? How's, how's it going? Um, where do you work? What do you do? And then it kind of gets a little bit deeper and you start seeing the same people over and over again. It, you know, saying, hey, you know, I, I noticed you've been coming in here for a while. Um, you know, uh, is everything, how's, how's your family? How's, how's things going? And then you kind of grow those relationships and then you get to share with people what, what you do and what God did in your life. And, and in a way, like that is ministry. Um, one, of the other, uh, one of the other things I want us to think about is maybe if we're not using our, our you know, um, so if you're not a very creative person, quote unquote, I think everyone in here is creative, but a lot of people will say that. I'm not a very creative person. I don't play guitar. Or I don't do visual arts or I don't dance or, you know, all these other things. Um, but 
if, if that's something that you're like, oh, I don't, I don't know what gifts or talents I have, start thinking about um, your job. Start thinking about your career. Start thinking about, okay, if God has put me in these positions, how can I best impact um, my community, my circle, um, with the knowledge of God or with the gospel or in ministry? How can I, how can I impact that? Um, and a lot of times what we see is not only with our career, but sometimes that career, that job opportunity you have, Maybe blessing you financially to be able to uh, to be able to invest in people. You know, so in this picture we see, um, you know, a lot of times, especially here in Louisville, we have um, the homeless community. I just saw on the news last week that we had uh, the like one of the homeless camps like caught on fire next to I-65 when it was freezing cold outside, and it was just it was just a disaster. And things like this are happening in our city. And right in our neighborhood, right in our backyard, you know, we had a shooting at Kroger just that was in our parking lot earlier um, this uh, last year. And we think about these things, there are all these opportunities for us to get involved and for us to minister and for us to be um, in ministry and, and doing things for the gospel and for Jesus. And there are opportunities everywhere. And all you have to do is, is ask and, and pray and ask God for these opportunities. But maybe sometimes that calls for investing in others. So I, we also have, you know, here at Daylight, um, we have so many, it's funny because in a church plant, you don't expect to have as many missionaries as you do, but we have, we have a lot of missionaries here at Daylight that, um, that travel and, and uh, go and preach the gospel and do all these other things. And maybe, maybe your, um, your ministry, quote unquote, uh, right now is to invest in them, invest in those opportunities um, so that others can preach the gospel. And I think that for us, a lot of us can find ourselves when we first become a Christian is very um, surface level, right? It's that moment of just dropping the nets and it's like, it's, I'm just going to follow you and I'm, I'm just going to learn and grow. But then there comes a time when, you know, Jesus steps away, uh, you know, like in, in the Gospels when, when Jesus leaves the earth and he kind of hands the, the keys to the car, so to speak, to his disciples. And there comes that moment where you're learning and you're growing and now it's time to start investing in other people. And I think all of us are called to invest in other people. So I want you to start thinking about what are ways that you can, that you can invest in those other people. And there are tons of opportunities here at Daylight. You can get involved in um, small groups. You can get involved in our service projects that we do quarterly. Um, there are all kinds of little opportunities, even here in our community, where you can start thinking uh, of of your ministry, so to speak, or ways to get involved. But I also, with this, I also want to talk about, because when you hear the word ministry or ministers, right, you start thinking about, okay, um, preaching, teaching, um, you know, uh, uh, counseling, you know, uh, playing music or getting involved in, in the music team or these other things that, you know, are more like the um, being in front of people, that kind of idea. And there are offices of ministry Oh, that was weird. Anyway, <laughs> sorry. There are there are offices of ministry um, that we that we have. Um, you know, and Paul talks about uh, in his letters that you know we if you want to be involved with the church and in church leadership, uh, that there uh, there are all these qualifications to have and ways to kind of grow into that and becoming a volunteer and uh, and becoming a deacon or an elder. And there's all these you know quote unquote offices of ministry. There's a fivefold ministry that's talked about in Second Corinthians. Um, where uh, there are all these different aspects of uh, talents that are given to different people within the church, and that's what makes the church beautiful and diverse. And all these gifts are being used when we talk about the gifts of the Holy Spirit, and there are all these different offices, quote-unquote, of ministry. 
And there are lots of ways to get involved. And if that's something that you want to be a part of, if you're like, man, I've just got this, this burning feeling in my chest that I want, that I feel like God is calling me to preach or that God is calling me to, uh, to you know, uh, play music and sing songs and write songs or God is calling me to um, start volunteering for, um, you know, helping with the homeless shelters or God is calling me. There are all these opportunities. Um, and if that's the case, then come talk to us. You know, come, come talk to uh, HL, myself, um, some of our other leaders. You know, we, we definitely want to see ways for all of us to get involved. And so I want to kind of just, you know, demystify the air around, around ministry. Is that it's not this, I don't want to say the word pompous, but that's the only word that's coming to my mind. It's not this, like, spectacle, right? It's not this, um, you know, you don't have to wear any kind of, you know, uh, choir robes and, and, and the, you know, interesting hats and all these other things to show that you're a minister. Um, but, but really from the moment that you start following Jesus and you go through that kind of learning phase of just learning to walk in his footsteps, but then there comes a time that you're called into ministry in some kind of field. And I think all of us are, are in that phase or, or getting to that phase of finding our ministry, finding that thing that we're passionate about. And a lot of times when we talk about the idea of ministry and when, what I've shared today is, you know, it's not just about being a servant. Being a minister is not just about, you know, uh, just, just serving just kind of out of obligation. And that's what it can sound like a lot of times. And I think Jesus tackled this really well um, whenever he, uh, right at the end of the book of John, when he's talking to um, Simon, who we talked about um, Simon called Peter and um, when he was fishing dropped the nets to follow him um, Simon goes through this uh, Simon who becomes Peter goes through this whole journey in the gospels and in his walk with Jesus and, and Simon uh, I, I want to call him Peter Peter is, is at the end after Jesus has been crucified and Peter goes back to uh, fishing um, and he doesn't really know kind of what to do he kind of feels lost and a little bit aimless and Jesus after Jesus uh, rises from the dead. He comes and meets with them. He comes and meets with his disciples before he ascends into heaven. And he says this, this wonderful passage at the end of the book of John. It's uh, John chapter 21. And I love this so much because I think it's so representative of what ministry should look like, or at least what the heart posture of ministry should look like. So I'm going to read this passage. Um, so when they had eaten breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me more than these? Talking about the other disciples. And he said to him, Yes, Lord, you know that I love, him, love you. And he said to him, Feed my lambs. He said to him again a second time, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me? And he said to him, Yes, Lord, you know that I love you. And he said to him, Tend my sheep. He said to him the third time, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me? And Peter was grieved because he said to him the third time, uh, Do you love me? And he said to him, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. And Jesus said to him, feed my sheep. And this passage is so awesome because in a sense, Jesus is calling Peter into ministry, you know, into this, this servanthood, um, being a servant, being, uh, being these things, but it's out of a loving relationship with Jesus. He first says, do you love me? If so, minister. And so the idea of feeding my sheep is, is you know, going and, and spreading the gospel and, and talking to people about Jesus and what he's done in your life. And so it comes from the idea of love, 
There's an awesome quote for, from uh, Mike Bickle where he says, uh, a lover will outwork a worker every time. And I love it so much because it's like when you're captivated by something, when you're captivated uh, and by someone, you will, you will work your tail off to, uh, to see something come to fruition. And so when we look at ministry, we're, what we're looking at is a bunch of servants that are in love with Jesus, what he's done in their lives, and then they want to just give it all over to him and, and be able to tell others about this wonderful thing that they've encountered, this wonderful person that's changed their life. If I had, and so I absolutely love crunchy peanut butter. I love crunchy peanut butter. I think it's the best peanut butter on the planet. If you go to Whole Foods and you get the honey roasted almond butter, peanut butter, whatever, I think it's better than any other peanut butter on the planet, bar none. Now, I know there are a lot of people that love smooth peanut butter, but I, I'm telling you, I am passionate about this crunchy peanut butter, and I will tell you that your peanut butter is inadequate every single time. If I am making a bagel, if I am making, I, I would put this on my pancakes. I love this peanut butter. And I will tell you about it because I am passionate about this peanut butter. And I think that, like, in that sense, you know, it's like I want to tell you about it because I, I love it. And when you're passionate about something, you express it and you love it. So I want you to think about yourself as a minister of sorts, as a minister of the gospel, you know, do you absolutely, are you captivated by what God has done in your life? Because it's amazing. If you think about your testimony and who you were before you found Jesus, it's radical. I can tell you myself, I grew up in a pastor's home. Um, and my, when my pastor split, our whole church split over it. And I was like, I was so confused and I didn't know what to do. And I felt like just hopeless. And I felt like I had no friends. And, and the friends that I did have seemed kind of two-faced and I didn't quite understand it. And, and honestly, it took coming down to getting one-on-one -on -one with Jesus and my relationship with him. And I saw things radically change in my life. It's a beautiful thing to be encountered by Jesus and to be able to drop your net and follow him, to stop that fishing and follow him. And then, well, sure, one day you can go back to fishing, quote unquote. You can go back to your, uh, go back to your career, go back to, uh, go back to your things. But with that mindset of, I want to follow Jesus. I want to follow in his footsteps. I want to get to know him more every day. It's always a journey. You're always going to learn more about him. And those things... I want that to be kind of our focus today is are you captivated by what God has done in your life? And if so, how are you sharing that with others? And so I, I just really love this idea of ministry, that it's not something that's, that's um, you know, a very showy thing. But it's a thing, it's an act of humility, it's an act of servanthood. You know, when you think of servers and you think of how, uh, especially if you have uh, an absolutely just excellent server, by the way, if you're at a restaurant and uh, it doesn't matter if you have like uh, inadequate service, just tip every time. We've talked about this. I know HL's covered it. I just want to reiterate it. Always tip just above and beyond. I think it's, I think it's a shame that a lot of times Christians, um, especially on Sundays, tend not to tip very well, and that bothers me. But, um, but going back to servers, when you have, when you have a good server, uh, you know, in a, in a way, they're, they're ministering to you. So there are two ideas of ministry that we have ministry to other people, we have ministry to our friends and families and our communities, our workplace, our schools, um, but then we also have ministry to God. And that ministry to God is, is just having that heart posture of God, whatever you call me to do, wherever you lead me, I'm going to go. And that's ministry to God. Ministry to God also looks like prayer. 
um, growing in, you know, reading your Bible and kind of growing in your knowledge of God, um, it, that's, that's all ministry to God. So I just want us to start thinking about ministry and, and really think about what is it that you may be called to or that you feel like the gifts and talents that are inside of you. Uh, or maybe you're still at the place where you need to drop your nets. And I want to encourage you that if, you're, if you are kind of holding on to some things that maybe you've kind of just gotten your feet wet with Christianity, you really don't know where to go from here, I'm just encouraging you to take that next step. And that if you feel that kind of like tug on your heart, um, that, you know, there's something that you need to do, I want to encourage you to, to go for it. 